When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Stuck about swinging splitter. Here's the standing ovation for the Rocket. Roger Clemens. One, two, three, go the Pirates. Jeter just came over to pound him on the back. The standing O continues. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Okay, here we go. Inside the 8 o'clock hour on The Fan. Joining us right now is Mike Florio, author of the new book, On Our Way Home. It's a holiday book that comes out November 1st. All proceeds go to a local no-kill animal shelter. The ebook is $3.99, paperback $9.99. Check it out on his Twitter, on his page, profootballtalk.com. Mike, thanks for joining us tonight. How are you? Hey, my pleasure. How are you, pal? Good, good. Happy to be here. Happy to have an open show. And, uh, you know, the NFL is king. So to have somebody like you tap in and uh, break up the consistent Aaron Rodgers 24-hour marathon and uh, Jets talk, you know, we can talk about the league a little bit. I, I think that the league is in good shape because I like when there's parody and I like the fact that the uh, Dolphins 1972 team was able to pop champagne this weekend. There are no more undefeated teams. What do you say to that? Well, I think it's good to have teams clustered together. The problem is there are a lot of bad teams this year, teams that are underachieving and teams that are essentially done. You get five losses through six weeks. Now, with 17 games, it's hard to know. When you're in red alert status, we have to run the table. But you're getting pretty damn close to it with five losses. And several teams are at five. Teams that we thought would be better than they were at five. We're not that far removed from everybody being zero and zero and fans being ridiculously optimistic about their team. And they'd get pissed when you'd point out somebody's not going to be good this year. That's just the way it works. So good teams, bad teams, a lot of teams in the middle. And we're only a third of the way into the regular season. The one thing that concerns me, a lot of injuries. We had five starting quarterbacks get injured on Sunday. Other yep. guys got banged up. We saw it with Josh Allen. He came down hard on his shoulder last night. They were working on Dak Prescott's upper back. And we're just a third of the way into the season. These players need to stay healthy. We don't want to watch backup quarterbacks. It was just a year ago that Troy Vincent, the NFL's executive VP of football operations, was on ESPN defending the league's hypersensitivity to roughing the passer by linking it to the high ratings that come from having the best quarterback available. We start seeing backup quarterbacks versus backup quarterbacks in primetime games. There go the ratings and there goes the interest. Yep, and there goes your parlays and your fantasy teams and nobody is happy. That that brings up uh, my next point and a good point. You know, as I watch these games, I'm like, this is so bogus. The officiating is so bogus. There's flags on every single play. 
And I was talking about last night how I think, you know, some of the penalties are connected to, like, roughing the passer. Don't hurt the quarterbacks. Because if you hurt the starting quarterbacks, we got to watch backup quarterbacks play. And then also all the points in fantasy and legal gambling. You need touchdowns. You need points. They need to throw the ball. So pass interference and um, those plays get called all the time. Mike, I feel like I'm watching the game, and sometimes these refs are throwing the flags, and then they're coming together to talk about it, and it's like they don't even know what they're throwing the flag for. Well, and that's one of the realities of having a bunch of middle-aged men and women out there with no padding, no helmets, no protection, trying to judge what's happening in the flash that crosses their field of vision while trying to prevent themselves from being trampled. Who really knows what you see? We see holding on almost every play. And look, I think the sensitivity to roughing the passer, and that's the one rule in the rule book where it specifically says, when in doubt, throw the flag. Anytime there's a questionable roughing call and they bring in the rules analyst, and I don't even care if it's NBC, the network I work for, I encourage every rules analyst to point that out when analyzing a roughing the passer call. Mm -hmm. The rule says, when in doubt, throw the flag. So if there's any doubt, they're supposed to throw the flag. That's what they're told to do. And then when we see the officials look the other way on holding, and also we've kind of gotten away from it, but that false start where you'd see a left tackle or a right tackle begin into his pass block set a half second early, and it wasn't called. Juwan Taylor really went over the top of that back in week one, Chiefs-Lions. This is all about making it easier for the quarterback to have time. We're not going to call holding. We're not going to call the head start by the tackles because the defensive linemen are so good. And the offensive lines take time to gel, and they're just overwhelmed at times. We saw it with that Giants-Seahawks game a couple of weeks ago, how that Giants offensive line was overwhelmed. They're trying to help the quarterback find the time to throw the ball. As you said, yards, points, offense, excitement, I do think at some level the officials are either consciously or subconsciously trying to help that happen. Now, I have a question for you about London. The London games we just watched the last few mornings, and um, there was a lot of talk about the turf out there in London. And as we're talking about injuries, you know, I I saw that the turf was thin and the players were complaining about it. And I feel like more and more we're hearing conversations, uh, even here in the States, about, all oh, the NFL makes billions. There should be grass. All the players want to play on grass. Can you explain to the audience why, you know, some places like uh, Allegiant Stadium – um, the Raiders, yeah, they have grass, but other places have opted into turf. And if we think that the league is going to shift to more grass fields in the future. This all comes down to money. And when you look at the stadiums that are designed for multi-uses, Taylor Swift concerts, Ed Sheeran concerts, other sporting events, it's cheaper to have a turf field that can be rolled up, that can be rolled out, that can be moved out of the way, that can be replaced as needed. The best thing to do is to have at these new stadiums the tray of grass field that you slide in and slide out like they have at Allegiant and like they have at State Farm Stadium in Arizona. And we've heard more and more players push for grass over turf. The NFL Players Association has urged repeatedly the league to put in high-quality grass fields throughout every NFL facility. And every time I ask a player about it, they want grass over turf. Turf is hard. It's unforgiving. Real Sports with Brian Gumbel on HBO had a great segment with Andrea Kramer as the correspondent several months ago about all the injuries happening to high school players because people think, hey, if this fake stuff is good enough for the NFL, it's good enough for your local high school. 
So you hit your helmet against it, you're more likely to get a concussion. You get your legs stuck in the turf, and the forces apply around your knee, and your ACL is more likely to pop. The Aaron Rodgers injury, does that happen on grass? Who knows? The players want grass. The owners, some of them, opt to go more cheaply because they want to have the flexibility to make maximum dollars at their stadium. And the smoking gun that the NFL can't word salad its way around is the fact that multiple NFL venues like SoFi Stadium and AT&T Stadium, where the Rams and Cowboys play respectively, they're going to put a grass turf hybrid surface in to host World Cup matches in the next few years because FIFA demands it. And if they demand it, we'll do it. But if we can avoid doing it, we're not going to do it because it's cheaper to avoid putting in a more expensive field. It all comes down to money. And the owners just don't want to pay the money necessary to protect their investments in the players. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's 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 cash, it's business. Uh, I I think that MetLife Stadium here in uh, in our area in East Rutherford is one of the top um, host stadiums for the World Cup. I guess they're going to be putting grass in there. If, yeah, if FIFA demands it. So from from player safety to fan safety, I feel like obviously everyone has a HD camera in their phone now. But more than ever, I'm seeing clips from every single stadium, just brawls breaking out, fans fighting, and not just like one-on-one. There's multiple fans swinging, punching, falling down, no security to be found. And unfortunately this year, uh, a father lost his life up there in Gillette Stadium um, in the Patriots-Dolphins game. I feel like something has to happen. Something has to be done uh, to stop this. It's just a bad look for the NFL uh, what do you think the NFL can do about it? I, I've been to a bunch of games. Uh, I'm not. I've not seen this many fights go on in NFL games or baseball games, or whatever. I feel like it's it's this year. There's something weird about this year. Uh, there's brawls breaking out every week. There's viral videos from every different stadium every week. Before I got into this business, I practiced law, and I overlapped with running. PFT and practicing law for about eight years. So I had 19 years overall in law practice. And there's three types of people under the law that can be on property you own. A trespasser to whom you owe a very minimal duty of care. A licensee, somebody you let walk across your land or whatever. You kind of owe them something, but not a real high standard. And then there's the invitee, the person who comes onto your property for your benefit, the customer at your store, the fan at your stadium. You owe the highest duty of care possible to this person that you're making money from by having them in your building. And whatever these teams are doing to protect fans from other fans, it's not enough. Whether they shouldn't be selling beer. Why do we have to sell beer at these games, right? They're going to drink out in the parking lot beforehand anyway. Why are we making them even more drunk? And we've all been to games where it's like, why? If you're going to get drunk like this, why are you spending all this money to come to the game? Just stay home and watch it on TV and get drunk there. <laughs> like, what's the point? Where's your enjoyment come from coming to this game and being so drunk off being your ass? Blacked out. You're not even going to remember it. Right. What's the point? So whatever they're doing isn't enough because these events shouldn't be happening. And one of the trends to watch long term, and I've, I've talked to people who are involved with teams that have the 70,000-seat stadiums. There's an argument to be made that in the future, just get rid of the upper deck. The profit margin from the upper deck isn't worth it. The expenses of having the upper deck isn't worth it. The liability concerns in the upper deck isn't worth it. Let's just peel off 30,000 seats. Let's get the money from the the high rollers that fill up a 40,000-seat stadium. It's still going to look good on TV. It's still full. It's still exciting. 
We don't need to have that upper deck full of fans. And that, if, that, if that's what it takes to better secure the property, if you just need 30,000 fewer people in the building to prevent these fights, that's something they need to do. And it's a shame that it happens. And I know the individuals involved are responsible, but this is all what the law calls foreseeable risk. The owners and operators of the stadium need to anticipate and act on these risks because we all know they happen. Yeah, and there's less security up there. From my experience going to games, the lower bowl, the 100 level, there's security at every turn. As soon as you're walking in, hey, can you show us your phone? So you're like, they got eyes on you. Up there, there's less security working, so brawls break out, and you definitely see a lot of these videos how high up these fans are. It's uh, it's kind of scary. It's, it's, it's not safe at all, and NFL certainly has to do something about it. So from um, that to this, we're two weeks from the trade deadline. And uh, some teams are going to be buyers. Some are going to be sellers. I mean, here, the Jets, they should be moving McCole Hardman, uh, Carl Lawson, maybe even Dalvin Cook, the Giants. I mean, if they lose another game, they might even be thinking about moving Saquon Barkley, Xavier McKinney, Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson. Um, Do you have any inkling on who's going to be buyers, who's going to be sellers in the NFL, or is there a player out there that we should be watching? Here's the thing to remember. There's still two games left to be played by most teams, except the teams that are on buys. That can change everything. If you're one and five right now and you win the next two and you're three and five, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Maybe we shouldn't trade this person or that person, right? And if you're a team right now that feels like a contender and you lose the next two, eh, you know what, maybe we don't want to give up future assets in an effort to try to go get a better player right now. So these next two weeks are critical, and injuries are the key. There's been so much talk about Kirk Cousins possibly being traded by the Vikings. That's not happening unless a starting quarterback for a short-list contender team suffers a season-ending injury between now and October 31. And even then, it's too much to expect. So you know what happens. We get our eyes on a few different players, and we start wondering, is this guy going to get moved? And then it's somebody we weren't expecting out of the blue that ends up being traded from one team to another. But the thing to remember, the hay's not in the barn until we get through week eight. And I think week eight is still too early. I've always thought it was too early, but now with 18 weeks in the regular season and 17 games, they should move it back farther. And frankly, I'm a free enterprise guy. I say why have an arbitrary limit on when you can do a fire sale. If some team out there wants to give up draft compensation to go get a guy at Christmas time, in the hopes they can get him ready for the postseason, let him do it. Just let him do it. Why, why is there a trade deadline if there's business to be done between these teams? Hey, once again, we're joined by Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Mike, now i got to ask you one question about the Jets, one question about the Giants before we let you go. We'll start with the Jets. So, you know, I've been talking about Aaron Rodgers, of course, who isn't. I mean, the guy is the center of attention, and he makes it that way, even when he's not playing, but... I feel like he's blocking the shine of some of the players on the Jets that have kept them afloat, got them the three and three. Um, He's not trying to block their shine, but he is because he's a magnet for attention. But I look at this as, okay, this Jets defense has been playing ridiculous football. They deserve the credit. We should be speaking on the players on that side of the ball. I mean, the Jets haven't allowed a second half. uh, they, They allowed one TD in the second half the entire season. That's ridiculous. And, uh, Zach Wilson, I think, is going to be the quarterback to end the drought. And after that kid was left for dead last year, they did everything to get Aaron Rodgers. Like, how crazy would it be to see Zach Wilson lead these Jets to the playoffs and he be the one to end the drought this year? And then what do you do? 
when Aaron <laughs> Rodgers says, I'm ready to play, I'm clear, I'm ready to go, do you put Zach Wilson back on the bench yeah. and go with Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't played but four snaps since the end of last season? Look, when the schedule came out in May, and we saw the gauntlet that the Jets had to run the first six weeks of the season before going into their bye, I thought two and four – was realistic and three and three was optimistic. With they Rogers. got to three and three <laughs> without Aaron Rodgers. They beat the Bills and the Eagles without Aaron Rodgers. This is a great story, and I love a great story. People say, "What do you root for?" I root for a great story, and this is almost Shakespearean when you throw on top of it Aaron Rodgers constantly suggesting he may be back. Now he tried to tap the brakes today on McAfee's show, but. He's already put the turd in the punch bowl on this possibility of coming back. And now he's trying to scoop it out. So that's out there. Robert Saul is talking about how he's trying to silence the doubters by coming back from this. And when's he going to come back from it? And I hear from doctors who say he really didn't have a full Achilles tear. There's no way he'd be out there without crutches or a boot five weeks later if it was a full Achilles tear. So there's all sorts of mythology and weirdness around this. But through it all, the Jets are winning games. They turned the corner on that Sunday night against the Chiefs. And to their credit, they turned that into a positive. They won two in a row. They're three and three. The glass is half full. And if Rodgers is going to play again this year, when do you make the switch? And at what point have the Jets done so much with Zach Wilson that if you're the Jets, you say, well, you know what? Maybe we want Zach next year, too. Maybe we don't want. Now, look, that's, <laughs> that's a long way off. But it's amazing how quickly narratives change. They're ready to, they're ready to run this guy out of town just a few weeks ago. Right. And now, and now he's the savior. And uh, I, it's just an awkward spot when Rodgers is ready to come back to tell Zach Wilson to go take a seat if they keep winning and if they stay in contention. And if he keeps progressing, and what I said before you came on, I'm like, what if this kid keeps getting better incrementally to the point where they do get in the playoffs? And then he has, I don't know, a Daniel Jones moment, wins them a playoff game. Then you're in a completely different situation than you even imagined. I don't know. That's It's too far down the line. So speaking of Daniel Jones, with Daniel Jones' neck injury, an injury that he had a couple years ago, it's re-aggravated they're talking about now he's feeling it in his arm and I, I just I think they can't mess with that they can't play with that here is Tyrod Taylor and seeing Tyrod Taylor on Sunday Night Football against his former team I'm like Tyrod is not bad like he's a veteran he's, he's serviceable he can make the reads make the throws and then you see Brian Dable who is a fiery coach and he does all this hooting and hollering yelling and screaming and ripping guys this is the coach of the year like how did the Giants get here from winning a playoff game last year, having the coach of the year, giving Daniel Jones $40 million a year, right? Obviously, you, you lose him, but he was struggling. I don't know if, you know, he was struggling behind that offensive line. For the Giants fans, I think a lot of them are scratching their heads saying, like, how do we only beat the Cardinals? How do we only, like, they don't have a first-half touchdown, as I just talked about the Jets only giving up one second-half touchdown. I think a lot of Giants fans are wondering, like, what happened? How did we end up here just this fast? You know, it's funny, the morning after the loss to the Seahawks, which was one of the most dominant defensive performances I can remember, Ed Donatel's name was trending. It's like, why is Ed Donatel's name trending? Well, everyone was saying, thanks, former Vikings defensive coordinator, for your crappy performance against the Giants in the playoffs that forced the Giants to pay this guy $40 million a year. <laughs> but it's hard to say it's Daniel Jones' fault when you just have no time. And there was that clip that made the rounds 
of a four-man rush from the Seahawks absolutely swarming the five-man protection, and Jones had no chance. And it's almost like last year didn't even happen. That's how bad this year has been for the Giants. It was great Sunday night to see them play it close. They almost stole that game from the Bills, and we feel very differently about it. You know, I was saying this earlier. Once you get the five losses, when are you in that position where we pretty much got to run the table? I mean, can they lose two more the rest of the way in the final 11? You got to go nine and two to end up 10 and seven, or you got to go eight and three to finish nine and eight. Will nine and eight even get you in? We're still so fresh into 17 games. We don't know where that, that uh oh spot is, but it really does feel like the Giants are done at one and five. And the question becomes, what can they do over the balance of the season? Try to build something, identify the players who are going to be part of the solution next year, and make the changes they need to make for 2024. Yeah, I think it's year two of a rebuild. Why not at the trade deadline sell some guys off? And if you lose a bunch more games, you're in the top five uh, picks in the draft. I don't know. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I I understand it's that bad because you you thought you were going to take a step forward, but... They surprised a lot of people last year. Mike, thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate you taking out the time. Hey, anytime, guy. I appreciate it. Take care. Make sure you guys check out Mike's book. It's called On Our Way Home. It comes out November 11th. All proceeds go to a local no-kill animal shelter. The ebook is $3.99. The paperback's $9.99. That's Mike Florio from Pro. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one person perfect co-worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023 football talk your official station to talk yankees the fan 1019 fm and always live on the free odyssey app download it today yo hey yo hey yo hey yo right back at it on the fan with your main man km to am it's a w fam i promise it's a win thank you for listening thank you for tuning in thanks to mike florio my first guest Ian Begley coming up, and now back to you, the listeners, the callers, and uh, your thoughts and your calls, 877-337-6666. Let's get right back into it, right? I opened up talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jedi mind tricks and how I understand that he's a media magnet, how the guy has to be the center of attention. He just has to stay in.
in the limelight, even though he can't play, even though that this Jets team is literally writing a story right now. It's it's a fairy tale. They're going to end the drought this year with Zach Wilson, who everyone left for dead. In the offseason that they went and did everything they could to bring in one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Zach Wilson's going to be the guy to end the drought for the Jets. Do not be fooled into thinking that 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers is going to come back week 16-17 and be ready to go. This is a guy that could not survive four plays in the NFL this season. They don't have insurance on him either. He needs to chill. But he's not. He's going to do his Pat McAfee Tuesdays, and this is going to be WFAN 24-7 Aaron Rodgers talk radio. Uh, You're home for all of the Aaron Rodgers hot takes and conversation, so call me up with that. But if you listen to my open, I also talked about the NLCS and how Merrill Kelly, the starting pitcher for the Diamondbacks, was the ace of Team USA, right, in the World Baseball Classic. And how he said, oh, well, you know, I've never been on the field out here in Citizens Bank Park, but I don't think it'll be louder than the World Baseball Classic game with Venezuela versus Team USA in Miami. Well, (laughs) I said don't put the battery in the back of those Philly fans. They're different. Those Philly fans are hell. They're showing up there to yell and scream and uh, curse and say everything. And Trey Turner actually responded. I said that in my open. Trey Turner was his teammate on Team USA. We were calling him Captain America for hitting home runs. He responded and said, yeah, we'll see tonight. What happens in the uh, first inning of the game tonight? Trey Turner takes Merrill Kelly deep. The Phillies are already up one nothing. I got eyes on Aaron Nola and the Phillies right now. I'm done watching Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Drew Holiday, and the Celtics versus the Knicks. We'll tap back into the Knicks in an hour when Ian Begley joins me. Let's get right back to the phones and see what you guys are talking about. Bobby out in Belmore. What's up, Bobby? You're on the fan. Yeah, I'm sorry. Speaking of baseball, I'm sorry. Before I get to the Jets. Why are you apologizing? Yeah, yeah Mark. Well, you know, I know you're talking football. I talk uh, everything. Mark, you don't have to apologize. Come on with it. Bring, bring the baseball thank, talk. Thank you, bring thank it all through. Yeah, it's all good. I'm glad you mentioned baseball because I, I was going to bring up Montgomery. I guess the last time Joe mentioned wanted to pitch in the playoffs. And Evaldi, they could have gotten for $130 million less than Rodan. Okay, now I understand why you said sorry, Bobby. You're pissing me off. (laughs) I'm I'm a Yankee fan. You think I'm not paying attention to this? I'm watching these guys pitch, and I'm like, they were in pinstripes. We had these guys. Cashman has has thrown away so many starting pitchers, so many players that have found success elsewhere. They could have got a Yavaldi on a free agency. I wanted him. I didn't want Rodan. I know this guy. I, I know this guy had an injury rap sheet as long as my arm, you know. And uh, you know, Yavaldi got signed for two two years, thirty four million. Isn't that a little cheaper than giving a six year contract to an injury real pitcher? I know he did well the last couple of years, but he gave, now you got another Stanton contract. Ca- Cashman will tell you it wasn't like worth it. Cashman will tell you, Nate Yavaldi. No, he was here a few years ago, and um, it, it didn't work yeah. out. Not worth it to to bring him yeah. back for Where a second called- tour. He's like playoff Evaldi, like playoff Eli, you know? Oh, yeah. Postseason nasty Nate. Get out the way. Give him the ball. He knows what to do. This guy's trying to get back to the World Series. He damn well is. He's he's earned run averages two runs less than during the regular season. So, anyway, uh, let me get to uh, the Jets. Uh, You know, Salah and and Diva Rogers. Uh, This Diva Rogers guy hasn't won a playoff game since 2020. And everyone gives this guy so much attention (laughs) for a guy done anything in three years Facts. i mean he couldn't even get to the team into the playoffs last year i don't really talk about his interest dominance in that but i mean it's still the bottom line is this guy hasn't done anything in recent history so i don't understand why this guy just wants attention you're absolutely right taking attention away from the jet defense it's all about wilson making those comments and you know i'm not blaming the defense i think what rogers is doing is, is pretty damn close you know taking you know not giving the, the defense any credit 
you know, putting all the attention on himself. I just think it's disgusting. And Salah, this guy talked a lot of trash last year about taking taking receipts. He lost his last. Uh, six, six games, games yep. six games of the year last year, okay? We and have those receipts. <laughs> yeah, and now he's talking about he's embarrassing quarterbacks. I mean, you've done nothing in your career. You haven't been, never been a 500 coach. And, you know, the, this guy just, you know, he's going to upset, push bulletin board material where other quarterbacks are going to be really up for, this, for the Jets. And, you know, he, you know Wilson still is Wilson. I, I mean, I, he's definitely, like you said, he's improved and he's making steps. But the, the guy can't put the ball in the end zone. And, and you right. know, I understand, you know, Philadelphia, let me tell you something. If, if um, Smith catches that ball, yeah, Devontae Smith that game is shaving. over. What is he doing? Six. I'm like, what the yeah, hell he is this guy doing? Ball. This is a guy who won the Heisman Trophy. He's dropping the ball, hits him in both hands. Nobody around him. No defenders That's- even trying to defend. Yeah, that, that game would have been a blowout. And I know Philadelphia may turn all this and this and that. And the Jet defense is something they play. you got to give them credit without those two top cornerbacks. So I'm not taking away credit for them. But still, it would have been 21-6, to and that game would have, would have been over. You know, Wilson was going to bring the team back from that deficit. You know, but and uh, Any given Sunday, man, they, they found a way to win. Thanks for the call, Bobby. I'll talk more about uh, Robbie Sala. He's got to chill with the postgame comments. Right, I'm giving him credit because I do think he's a player's coach. I think the guys rock with him. Like I think the guys like him. But he's not a former NFL player, and he comes off a little bit like a fanboy. You understand what I'm saying? When you know you come off like a fanboy when you're like, yeah, we're keeping receipts. Like basically saying like, oh, we're gonna show you we're not the same old Jets. Well, you actually showed us you were. You, you took a nosedive last year. We have those receipts, but we, we we let y'all live. And then this year, they lose the game on a Zach Wilson fumble. On Taylor Swift night against the Chiefs, and he gets on the podium after the game and says, quarterback plays like that, we're going to win a lot of games. How many is a lot? How many is a lot? (laughs) Okay, I give him credit because that moral victory turned into morale. They carried it into Denver in a game where it was a hostile environment. The Denver Broncos roll out their snow-capped helmets, and it's Sean Payton versus Nathaniel Hackett. I remember what you said about me a couple months ago. Really, it was a revenge game for Brees Hall. It was Brees Hall versus the field that he got hurt on last year, him reclaiming that. But Zach Wilson does enough for them to get a win. And then you get this back-to-back win against the Eagles, and he, you know, Rob Sala just feeling himself, runs out there and says, oh, you know, we played a gauntlet of quarterbacks and we embarrassed them. Let, let one of the players say that, bro. You, you shouldn't be saying that. You're the head coach. You're supposed to be professional, buttoned up. You're not supposed to be a fanboy. You're not supposed to write checks that now the defense has to cash because there are some quarterbacks coming up that are going to say, well, you ain't embarrassing me. They're going to circle that game now and say, oh, this is a proving ground against your defense. I won't be embarrassed. And one of those guys is Josh Allen, who's going to say, all right, here comes my mulligan in my hate, in my place. <laughs> I'm not getting embarrassed. I-, I heard what you said. And, of course, Rob Sala today walked those comments back because he realizes he put bulletin board material out there for every quarterback and every offense that they're going to face the rest of the way. And they they need to win the games that they're supposed to win. There are winnable games on their schedule for the Jets. No Jedi mind tricks are going to help them. They need Zach Wilson to continue to progress, continue to build on what he's done, and be a quarterback, take care of the ball, but also take chances, move the ball downfield, convert third downs, don't take sacks, Get the ball to your playmakers, Wilson and Brees and Conklin and Lazard. And, you know, don't do too much, but do enough. And then the defense will do the rest. 
6666. Let's go to Mike in Huntington. What's up, Mike? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. How are you? I'm good. Uh, not my first time. I, I love all the jet talk. Uh, that's not why I called. Okay. I kind of wanted to call. You were talking about artificial fields. Yeah. So um, I'm 60 years old. I've been a construction manager and worked in school districts on Long Island. There's 124 school districts on Long Island. And I probably installed 40 artificial fields. I'm not going to tell you who the contractors are and the professional athletes that promote this, but I, I, I guess I'm finding it a little bit distracting with these uh, professional athletes. So I, I, I've sat in numerous board meetings where these uh, professional athletes that promote these fields, um, it, 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 they, they show all the paperwork where injuries are less happening on the artificial fields as for natural grass. Okay. Um, these fields are well-drained. Uh, I don't know if, you know, there's different types of fields out there. The one I've done the most doesn't matter, but it's, you know, it's a two and a half inch piece of grass with uh, recycled rubber and sand. And I've been on these fields and uh, I, I'm not quite sure what these athletes are complaining about. Uh, especially with all the data that I've seen. And maybe, you know, it's all a bunch of, you know, bull, but, uh, you know, there are professional athletes that are promoting this stuff and work for all these synthetic turf companies. Uh, and like I said, in high schools, they're all over the place on Long Island. Every high school, you know, we, we've installed them. It's So I'm not, not quite sure why they're all bitching all of a sudden about, uh, injuries, uh, especially with the data that they have, you know, yeah. I think injuries happen no matter what. It's just an excuse. I, I, I don't know, honestly. When I when I grew up playing football, everyone had a grass field. My high school now has a turf field. I've never physically stepped on it. It's something that, like, came out in the last, I don't know, 20 years, let's say, uh, 15 years. And in the NFL, you would think That's they have— That's about right, 20 years. Yeah, you would yeah, think in the NFL right. they have the best quality turf fields. It's not AstroTurf like the 80s. It's like it's, the rubber pellets. Yeah, it's the, the fake, you know, field turf, uh, fake grass blades. And it does break your fall. It, but I don't know. These guys want to play on grass. Uh, they feel like they're having these injuries. And what prompted that question with, with um, Mike Florio was watching the Bills and um, hearing them complain. Uh, Matt Milano got hurt. Uh, one of the D tackles got hurt. And they were they were tweeting about it. And they were talking about it. They're like, we 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 come all the way to London to play on cement. And I've been looking at that turf and some of the images, even that came out of the Ravens and Titans game. I'm like, is this hard? Is this turf not soft? Is this not good for your your cleats and your legs? I I don't know. But I keep hearing the same it's thing Florio cool. said. It's I'm a money thing. You, I've been on it. Yeah. And yeah, Astro turf with nothing but indoor outdoor you know, carpet on cement. Right. We all know I, that. I played on that at uh, Kane that, University that, that back was, in the day. Uh, yes. And, again, I've been having done this, and I'm not promoting it, not promoting, uh, you know, I have good friends that uh, support this stuff. But, you know, yes, field turf is one of the – there's a whole bunch of guys out there. They just have a different mixture of sand and rubber and what they do. But I got to tell you, I, I – you know – with the right cleats on, I I, I, I kind of buy into all the documentation that I've seen 
uh, about injuries. I mean, they have like booklets of injuries. That's, that's exactly what these guys promote at, you know, school board meetings at high schools and say, here's why you should put a turf field in. The, there's less injuries, less this, knee injuries, Achilles, all that stuff. Just, so, yeah. And I, I don't know why all of a sudden, 20 years later, and you're right, it was, I think the first field I did was probably 20 or 25 years ago. And, uh, you know, I've yeah. never heard this stuff before. Thanks for the call and the expertise, Mike. Uh, I mean, Mike, I'll take your word for it as you're someone that installs these fields. I've played on them. I think Neptune High School had one while I was still in high school in like 2005. I remember playing on that. And I'm mean, like, I was like, look at these like these like black pellets getting in your eyes and your helmet. And I'm like, this is crazy. But it, it, I thought it was better. But this is the main thing. It is more cost effective for the NFL to have these turf fields, these fake fields that they don't have to upkeep, that they can also move out for a Taylor Swift concert, for Beyonce, The weekend, whatever it is. Um, but there are some places, like I use the example of Allegiant Stadium. Man, they have two fields. If you've been listening to my shows, I was talking about how uh, the Raiders play on this like Bermuda grass that they roll in and out, but then UNLV Rebel- Rebels play there with a turf field. They prefer the turf field. But the NFL players want grass, and there's only a handful of NFL fields that have grass. So, I don't know, it's becoming an issue, but are the players misinformed? Are the players the ones that don't have their information right? Anthony's in the Bronx next up on the fan. What you got, Ant? I want to back that guy up because I was listening to Bart Scott on TV, and he said that's why Florio never gave you any stats because it's not true. Look at He said, look at the Jet Lyman. Right, twice in Denver. That's not turf. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I see a lot of tweets and complaints about it when guys are getting hurt. But then I also was like, I think these injuries could happen on both. They're injuries. Well, They're football he, injuries. That's what he was saying. He said everybody picks on the Meadowlands, but of course they could have the most if you have seventeen games compared to eight or nine in every other stadium. Right. Right. So yeah, thanks right, for the call. I, I just wanted. Yeah. All right. Bye. Um, so I saw Joe Cena Anderson report today on the uh, NFL League meetings, and Jeff Miller said that the NFL is at an eight-year low for lower extremity injuries. So there are less leg injuries, obviously because they're trying to take certain you know chop blocks and certain hits out of the game, but that also has to do with the playing surface. So who's right and who's wrong? I'm, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. Jerry's in Edison, New Jersey, on the fan. What's up, Jerry? Yeah, hey, Keith, how you doing, man? First time, long time. Hey, uh, listen, uh, I'm going to try to simplify this. Uh, first of all, I played uh, football, and, uh, not a high level like that and stuff, uh, but the uh, bar leagues were pretty rough, too. But uh, I'm a flooring guy, all right? And I've worked in uh, um, with the artificial turf stuff in the uh, high schools. Now, uh, uh, simply the way I see it, um, natural grass and ground will give. If your leg gets planted and you're going to plant and cut back and run, all right, and even I, I played corner and stuff and, and deep safety. So when you're going to plant and run and you're going to hit a guy and stuff and, and a leg starts getting wonky, the ground will give. Carpet does not give. Mm-hmm. It's going to hold. But I do uh, say this. I was 45 when I was coaching the little guys, the high school kids, and just 
you know, for, for giggles, you know, uh, stuff and giggles. Kids said, oh, let's run. And I felt faster on that carpet that I ever felt yeah. in my entire life running on grass. The turf is so, faster. definitely plays faster. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and, I, and I'm, I'm thinking, uh, like I said, just to simplify it, maybe uh, I had a buddy of mine and stuff uh, who was a math guy. He said, uh, when you get an equation, simplify it. And either that, you know, I'm a Jersey guy. So when it don't make sense, follow the money, right? <laughs> right. Thanks for the call, Jerry. 877-337-6666. I mean, I just think it's the players overreacting to injuries and they want to stick it to the league and they want to say that the owners are cheap because they have the turf, which costs less than the grass. But the grass, like, I, I don't think it's going to, I don't think if the whole league went grass, I don't think we would see that much of a change in these injuries. Guys are still going to get hurt. It's a rough-ass game. It's football. It is what it is. So call me up. 877-337-6666. Ian Begley joins us at 9.30, but we've got calls lined up for Zach Wilson, Jets, Giants, even the Brooklyn Nets and the Dallas Cowboys. You must know who's hosting the show. Keep McPherson on the fan. We'll be right back. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. During the time that I worked with Roger Clemens, I injected him on numerous occasions with steroids and human growth hormone. I also injected Andy Pettit and Chuck Knobloch with HGH. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. New York! Tuesday, baby Tuesday. 1017 like Gucci, man. KM to AM. As we proceed quickly here before we hit the break and the update, another reminder, I have a guest at 9.30. Ian Begley will join us to talk a little basketball. I wanted to plant the seed for the Yankee fans out there with Juan Soto. You know, as the Phillies are up one nothing in the bottom of the third, and I just expect the Phillies to roll the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks don't even belong in the NLCS. The Phillies have the experience from last year. They have a bunch of studs. They have a generational talent in Bryce Harper on that team that the New York Yankees did not even pick up the phone to reach out to. He was available. The New York Yankees did everything in their power to just act like they didn't need the guy. They didn't want the guy. They had other guys that were better than this guy. This guy grew up a Yankee fan. This guy grew up. He just said, yeah, you know, I love Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, all those guys. His birthday is in October. This kid grew up watching the Yankees win in October. I, I know we've been over it a bunch of times, but I say that to say this. Here comes Juan Soto. Another generational talent who also came out of the national system, right? When he came up, the Nationals were like, bye, Bryce Harper, go where you want to go. Here we have Juan Soto. And this time around, you can't make a mistake. You can't miss. And you damn sure better pick up the phone, call A.J. Preller, leave no stone unturned. Talk to Scott Boris. I don't know, tell Garrett Cole to call his buddy Scott Boris and say, how do we get Juan Soto with that left-handed power bat into Yankee Stadium to solve our problem in left field. I know every Yankee fan is tired of watching balls drop into no man's land in left field. Juan Soto will get there. He'll, he'll cover that up. He can play left field just fine. And I know you saw him with the Padres Memorial Day weekend hit a majestic shot into right field, the, the second deck. <laughs> it is high. It is far. It is gone. Second deck. Juan Soto. In pinstripes, today Jim Bowden reported the Yankees have the resources to sign Soto long-term if the move works out 
or they could trade him at the 2024 deadline if things go south. They could offer the Padres a package of major league-ready talent, including pitchers Michael King, Johnny Brito, outfielder Everson Pereira, and infielder Oswald Peraza. If that's all it takes to get it done, done. Works for me. Thanks, guys. Go. See ya. Enjoy um, San Diego. You'd think it would have to be a little bit more than that for Soto. I'm, I'm, I think I think they the, the Padres want a, they try and finesse the Yankees. I'm guessing it's you put you it's put Juan Dominguez. I'm I'm thinking yeah I don't think they're really looking at Everson Pereira, Pereira but who knows you know Cashman's gonna say Volpe's off the table that, that oh, I was about to say is that ball out that ball is out Brandon Marsh no Kyle Schwarber another left-handed power bat that could have been a Yankee these guys are hitting bombs hello chicks dig the long ball. Home runs are how they're winning these games. They're hitting the ball out of the park on the way to the World Series. These guys cannot be stopped. Their lineup is stacked with guys that can hit the ball out of the place. Awful to watch for both of us. Me as a Mets fan, you as a Yankee, bro. It's awful. Kyle Schwarber could have been a Yankee easily. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even entertain Bryce Harper. They named Aaron Hicks, Clint Frazier, Jacoby Ellsbury. Like, come on, bro. When you say you have those guys, so man, Brian Cashman. We are all waiting on you this winter, right? We know you're our eternal GM. Kim Kim Eng becomes available, right? The Marlins want to hire a president of baseball operations. So Kim Eng, who made it to be the first female GM in, in Major League Baseball, she says, I'm out of here. <laughs> There's plenty of teams that could use my services. Y'all are playing cheap anyway. I want to go somewhere where they spend. Don't be surprised if she goes to Boston. I hope she's got too much Yankees in her blood to go do that. But here we are stuck with Brian Cashman. And you know what I said about Brian Cashman? I never bought a, a fire Brian Cashman shirt. I never thought they were firing Brian Cashman. I said, this is the reality check this man needed. I hope he doesn't sleep at night thinking about the mistakes that he's made with our team. And this is his mulligan. This is his chance. You have the best hitter in baseball in Aaron Judge. You have the best pitcher in baseball in Garrett Cole. You've missed on left field with... Joey Gallo and Andrew Benintendi, and you've put a cast of characters out there that don't even play the position. You have the opportunity to trade for Juan Soto. Go see what they want and go get that man and put him in New York on the main stage, and I bet you he'll want to stay for the rest of his career. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.